Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back to the show where every week we go exploring in the pursuit of awesome. You can count on us to keep you informed of all the best shiny things out there when we share our awesome of the week. In each episode, we also take your questions and bring you the answers you need to help you uncover all the awesome within your own life. Kelly of lovewellblog.com is here with me today, and we are tackling the sometimes awesome but sometimes stressful topic of birthday parties. We'll talk first birthday parties, birthday party hits and misses, and the ever-controversial goodie bag dilemma. Later, we'll discuss the sometimes touchy subject of celebrating your birthday as a grown-up. All of that's coming up on episode 31 of Sorta Awesome, but first, we're going to start the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. Kelly, what do you have for us this week? Well, I am thinking, like probably a lot of the country, about Halloween, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Yes. So the topic of costumes has become a much bandied about topic in my household. Just a reminder, I have four kids ranging age from five to 14. And I have to say, even my 14 and 11 year old, they are not too old for Halloween yet. You know, they're kind of like, so what are we going to be? And I don't really want to discourage that. You know, they have fun with it. I think I like Halloween for that reason. I like the kind of creative fun, the ability to dress up. We don't do a ton of scary stuff, Mm -hmm. but just that like ability to dress up and go out and, and be somebody else. It's a fun thing. So I was thinking that maybe my sort of awesome this week is the fun things that kids think up when yes. they're trying to come up with their own <laughs> creative Halloween costume. Certainly, I am not above buying store-bought Halloween costumes. I've right, done right. it for years. I will go there in a heartbeat. But sometimes kids will ask for something that isn't really in the stores. And that makes me laugh. And it is a sort of awesome in my life. I will say on our sort of hangout group on Facebook, one of the moms said that her son was determined. I think he probably still is. He wants to be underwear. A pair of underwear. I got <laughs> such a kick out of that. I did too. It's so <laughs> cute. And you know, you, you go, well, we'll find a piece of cardboard and cut it out. We'll paint underwear. It's, it's so cute. It reminded me when my daughter was probably about four or five, she I mean, six months before Halloween, had decided that she wanted to be a tree. A tree. And I was like, really? Or maybe you would want to be a pumpkin or a cupcake? And she's like, Mom, I want to be a tree. Like, she was so certain. So I had to come out. Like, we went and got an orange sweatshirt at Walmart, and we hot glued, you know, fake leaves on it. And and she got accused all night of being a bush. It was very insulted. People say, are you a bush? And she's like, I'm a tree. Excuse me. How dare you? Excuse me. Do you not see, like, do you think bushes have these leaves? It was so cute. But so this year, the cool thing is, is I've kept all of all the costumes that we've ever used. We just keep them in a big dress up. Yes. So my little kids haven't really even realized that there are new costumes to be had. <laughs> That's so good. It's so smart, They just Kelly. go to the dress-up bin and go, I want to be a pirate, or I want to be a ninja this year, or I'm going to wear this old ratty princess dress again. That's great. Um, but my big kids, I think that my son is going to go as a DJ. Oh, how has, fun. I love it. You know, like all the kids love these big headphones right oh, now. Yes. So he's yes. like, I can just wear these around my neck and like wear a cap backwards kind of be a beat bopper. I'm like, that's perfect. 
And my daughter's talking about going as Rosie the Riveter. Look at her. Yeah. So she's found a YouTuber who likes to talk about really easy costumes that are creative that you can make on your own. I don't know the channel. I could We could oh, get it and maybe throw it in the show gonna notes. You're going to have to tell me the channel. We yeah. have to check this out for sure. Yeah. So it's just making me happy. It's fun as long as your kids, and even if you don't have kids, just being around that energy of playing dress up and being creative and being somebody who you aren't in real life. It just makes me happy is definitely my sort of awesome of this week. That is so awesome. I do have to ask you, do you and Corey dress up? <laughs> okay. My husband's an INTJ. So no is the so answer no. there. <laughs> He's raising his Spock eyebrow at you in yes. absentia. Uh, um, but do I, as an ENFP, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I don't dress up crazy because I have to go around with my kids. I have to be able to manage them. But I do have a collection of crazy wigs. Oh, so um, fun. That I put on. So I have like an orange and black crazy haired one. It's like a rocker sort of hair. And I have a short black and red bob. And I have a blue one that's new. That one might come out this year. That's really fun. And then I get to wear crazy makeup too because you wear crazy. If you wear black and red hair, like that just screams for something a little more than the ordinary. Definitely. No, you're a better ENFP than I am. I am like so weird. I have, I'm actually an inner Halloween Scrooge. I don't really like Halloween. There's no like religious or philosophical objections to it. It's just not my favorite. So I haven't dressed up in years and my kids get onto me every year. Like mom, they get really mad when I use the totally lame-o cop out. Like I'm dressing up as a mom. (laughs) Yes. Um, so no, I haven't dressed up in a long time. Although I do admit it, it is pretty fun. Um, but I just have not done it in a very long time. Most of my time and energy and thought and effort goes into the kiddos. So right. yes. Well, that's why the wigs are handy because I just throw yeah. them on. And it's in Minnesota. Your trick or treating is sometimes a parka sort of affair. Right. So it's kind of like a hat for me. It's easy. That's true. That's a grown-up costume. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, Halloween, awesome of the week. I love it. So fun. Well, mine is um, different from that. (laughs) It's not Halloween-y. Last week, if you all have listened to the show that came out last week with Laura, we talked all about beauty. And I mentioned in passing that I have a sort of lightweight daily moisturizer that I have been loving, but I didn't really go into specifics about it. But I wanted to talk about it this week on the show because... I just cannot get over how much I am loving this stuff. It is by a company called Acure Organics, and it's their Moroccan Argon Oil. Argon? Argan? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. A-R-G-A-N. And I got the rose one. They have a couple of different varieties, but it is this wonder product that is good for all kinds of things. I'm reading on the box right now, actually, that you can use it um, as a facial serum, which that's what I've been doing. I've been using it in the mornings after I get up and um, take a shower and kind of get ready to start the day. Before I put my makeup on, I put this on as a sort of serum or moisturizer, and it's so lightweight. I take a little bit of time then before I put my makeup on to give it some time to absorb, but I love it so much. Also, you can use it for a hair serum. So if you've got maybe like damaged ends or if you have like super frizzy hair like I do that just flies away on its own, you can just use a couple of pumps of this, rub it between your palms, and then it smooths out your hair without making your hair super greasy. So you can also use it for a cuticle repair. I don't have problem cuticles, but I know that if you do have that problem that it can be so aggravating. So apparently you can use it for that. Also dry spots on your elbows or heels. 
So it's like this all-in-one product, but I've been using it as a moisturizer in the morning, and I have been so pleased with it. The scent is rose, which I normally do not like rose-scented things because I feel like they can be really um, overwhelming or overpowering. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my favorite scent usually either. It's usually not mine, but this is a very subtle, very nice rose for me anyway. I've really enjoyed that. And I'm just really, I'm falling in love with all of these products from Acure Organics. I've picked up a few here and there at Sprouts, which is a like a natural foods chain here in this part of the country. Um, and I think they carry it at some Targets. But I started ordering it ePantry, which I've talked about talked about uh, a lot on the show, one of my favorite companies, they started carrying a cure. So I have been adding a few of their products to my e-pantry orders. I'm so glad I picked this one up, but I was going to tell you some of the things that are remarkable about the company is um, their products like this one are vegan and gluten-free. I don't know why that's really super important in your skin products, but okay. It's important (laughs) to some people. We're trying to be holistic. You know, if we We want to stay away from gluten, we want to stay away from gluten. Yes. Yes. I do know if you have a true, uh, severe gluten sensitivity, that's something you got to be on the lookout for. Um, it's sulfate free, paraben free, phthalate-free. I don't know how to pronounce some of this, but it is free of it. It's cruelty-free, which um, in AJ's class, in her second grade class, they had a mini unit on animal product testing. (laughs) They did? I think I was in high school before I even learned what that was, animal testing, and I was traumatized. I know. Traumatized. (laughs) I was a little surprised, but I have to tell you, it's been kind of amazing to see. I mean, Eliza really took it to heart, and we were just picking out something, uh, some kids conditioner or something today. And she was like, mom, wait, is this cruelty free? <laughs> so <laughs> it's become really important to her. Yeah. Um, but this is all the free. I mean, petroleum free, synthetic fragrance free, silicone free. So anyway, I have just been so surprised because you don't think about, well, a lot of people don't think about putting oil on their face as being a good, healthy moisturizer because you think oil is going to make you break out. But my skin has been fantastic. I am prone to the occasional hormonal breakout like most women are, but since I've started using this, I it's been breakout free and I have really truly been loving it. So I knew I had okay. to talk about it on the show for my awesome of the week. Well, I have two questions for you. Okay. One is what is his price point? And oh, yeah. two, when you use it in the morning, do you use it just like in certain areas, like around your eyes or on your forehead, or do you use it all over? Well, that is a very good question. Um, price point wise, I think it is very reasonable, especially because I think a bottle of it would last you quite a while unless you were definitely using it for all of those things, like your cuticles and your hair and your face. But it's like in the eight to twelve dollars range, depending on where you buy it. So I think a super reasonable price point. And as I mentioned on the beauty show, I use a BB cream. So in my oilier areas that don't need that much moisturizing, but which is like my T-zone, I guess, my forehead and my nose, I just am using the BB cream on that. And that is actually plenty of moisturizing. But I have definitely been using it on my cheeks, um, on my neck. So it's really been a fantastic find. I'm really yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Good stuff. So, Okay. Awesome of the week is behind us. Let's move on to this topic, which you and I, I know, both have a lot of notes to cover as we get into talking about 
birthday parties. Kelly and I started thinking about this because there have been a couple of threads in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group on Facebook lately, specifically asking for ideas about what to do about certain birthday parties, birthday party ideas, birthday party ethics, in terms of like, if I wanted to have a gift-free party, what, how could I word that? I mean, just all kinds of questions have come up in there related to birthday parties. Well, a couple of years ago, back in 2013, Kelly did a 31-day series on her blog, lovewellblog.com that was 31 days of birthday parties. So as a reminder, between the two of us, we have eight kids, four kids each. So we've thrown a few parties in our day. (laughs) Yes, we have. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And Kelly has written extensively because she is a great party thrower. So she's written about it. So I thought, we both kind of thought, let's Let's see what we can dig up to talk about on the show. So, Kelly, before we start talking about the birthday parties we have thrown, I was wondering a little bit about what were birthday parties like in your family when you were growing up? Well, I remember birthday parties, but at the same time, we had, when I was really little, we lived near some family. So my memory of birthday parties in kind of that early elementary or even younger years was you know, nanny and poppy coming over, maybe the aunts and uncles, very casual, a family dinner, some presents, a cake. My mom loves to cook. So food was kind of the centerpiece, which it often is in my family of origin. And that was pretty much it. You know, as we got older, um, instead of a party, my parents often, because again, the the dinner we got to choose and my mom would make a big cake they would say you could invite a friend or two to join us for dinner and so that was kind of in lieu of a party we got to have a friend over to participate in our big meal but we didn't throw parties the way they're thrown today I don't remember birthday parties the same way maybe a little bit like roller skating parties sure oh yes definitely you know so I remember going to those I'm sure that I had one or two um but It's become kind of a new thing, I think. I'm a little bit older than you, so I'm curious to see what your answer is. Did you have birthday parties growing up the same way we talk about them today? Oh, definitely not. I mean, we had at-home parties for the most part probably until we were middle school age. I can remember, you know, even being eight, nine and having friends over and they were almost always at our house. Very rarely did we do a party out of the house. But even then, like you said, it would have been like a skating party or something Mm -hmm. like that. But it was more like friends come over and there's maybe a few party games and cake and punch and open the presents. And that was the birthday party. (laughs) So I will say one of my most memorable parties growing up was, well, I have a June birthday, which Ah. In Oklahoma, it always meant that we were always out of school for my birthday party. That's so, nice. Um, I mean, it was, except I was always so jealous of my friends who got to have mm. their moms bring cupcakes or cake or whatever <laughs> on their birthday. Or some kids got to miss school on their birthday. And I just, uh, I always had a lot of school year birthday jealousy and angst. (laughs) I guess. And I have a birthday in January, so it's in the middle of the school year, but it's January and there's, it's yucky out and it's cold and it's snowy and where I grew up and it was not a great time of year. And what are you going to do for a January birthday? Right. Hey, let's go sledding again. (laughs) I hope we don't freeze. So it's funny. I always envy the people. A lot of my friends had summer birthdays and I was like, I just want to go to the beach for my birthday. (laughs) Well, we want what we can't have. <laughs> Let me assure you, I've never gone to the beach for my birthday. <laughs> I'm 38 years old. So, 
Although, wait, let me take that back. I have to fact check myself here. Um, Kyle and I got married three days before my 21st birthday, and we honeymooned at South Padre Island in Texas. So technically, I have been to the beach for my birthday. So I knew it. (laughs) But the summer after my eighth grade year, my mom put together a surprise birthday party at Mazio's. Now, I don't think you have Mazio's up there. Mazio's is a pizza chain that I know for sure is in Oklahoma. I'm not sure where else. But she herself, I guess probably with the help of my sister, I don't know how she did this, but she planned a surprise birthday party at Mazio's. All of my friends from my church youth group were there in school and uh, school friends. And we, I was so surprised. I completely did not know it was coming. I didn't know it was happening. It was kind of a few years after, you know, we'd had like actual birthday parties. So as I think back on childhood birthday parties, that one, that one really stands out because I, to this day, I'm not 100% sure how she planned all of that because really my closest friends were there and we had a blast. So oh, that's yeah. so sweet. Okay, so let's start talking about this in terms of speaking of moms and throwing parties. Let's start with the big question of the first birthday party for each kid, their first birthday. What is your kind of overall philosophy? What's been your plan of attack? What are your thoughts on the first birthday party? Well, it's changed a little bit. You know, you, you grow in some wisdom and that's definitely, um, I did laugh when you sent me that question because it took me back, you know, my oldest is 14 now. So I remember when she turned one and she was the first grandbaby on both sides. Uh huh. And we were living in San Diego and had many friends who'd had kids just a few years ahead of us. So we didn't just throw a party. It was like a Jewish week-long celebration. <laughs> like people flew in from Northern California, from Minnesota. Aunts and uncles came. We had a party for all of our friends and their kids. Like in our backyard, it was just a barbecue. We had a pinata and we brought in a balloon artist. Wow. <laughs> we had, I mean, none of these were like huge expenses, but still, you know, like I look back now and I just, I laugh. Yes. You know, we had breakfast as a family. We make, made waffles out on the deck and we had an evening thing like with our friends the night before her birthday. And then on her birthday, we went down to Coronado. We went to the beach. I mean, it was truly like a three-day celebration <laughs> because everybody was so excited. Sure, you know? Yes. So then our second was born, Connor, just two years later, Uh ladies and gentlemen. So already we are all feeling the plight of the middle child, aren't we? Yeah. Just two years later. But by that point, we had moved. We had just moved back to the Midwest. We lived near nobody that we knew, no family. So this child turns one and we're like, let's have chili. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make a cake. You know, it wasn't like we didn't have anything to do. We didn't have friends to come and make a big deal. And so that was when I was glad. I really am. What we did for Natalie was out of so much love and everybody was so happy. And we weren't necessarily going over the top to try to go over the top. But it did bring it into perspective that, A, they don't remember this. Right. Yes. You know, so we were doing it for us. And I recognize that even from Natalie's party. This was about our joy in having been with this child for a whole year and what had happened to our lives as we became parents, especially that first birthday with that first kid. So since then, I still really love the first birthdays because it is just a momentous thing. And I think especially as a mom, I always say to my mom friends, I think a birthday is as much for us as it is for the kid because there's just a lot of that storing up in our heart memories and 
it's kind of a bittersweet day. We're realizing that time is passing and our babies are growing up. But just recognizing the biggest thing is that that it's for you and for the other people in your life, that it's not for the child. So going over the top and bringing in you know, singers or, you know, all the crazy things that you'll sometimes see probably on reality TV that people will do for first birthdays <laughs> is not necessary. Right. Necessarily. Because it's not, again, for the kid, even presents, they don't remember what they got. They can't even open them. They can't even open them. <laughs> that is such a good point. I think everybody with their oldest maybe goes a little over the top because mm-hmm. it's the first time you've gotten to throw a birthday party for one of your kiddos. So uh, we definitely did probably more for Daisy. Although we lived away from family, thankfully we had a very close circle of friends where we were living um, in Texas at the time, and they were more than happy to celebrate with us. But yeah, it's definitely a time to celebrate as the parents. And I think a lot of parents are moving in that direction, doing like you said, maybe having a cookout or having people over for a big potluck and just having a time to hang out with community, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's friends or neighbors or family. And realizing that the celebration is for that first year of your your child being in a, a part of your family. Right. Um, in that birthday party thread, several people said that when they were talking about the first birthday party and what to do. And someone, uh, one of the group members, her name's Callie, she had a great idea. She said that for their for their son's first birthday, she said, we asked people to do a random act of kindness in honor of our son instead of gifts for his first birthday. Because again, like we were saying, the kids don't, they don't know what they're getting or what, what to do with this stuff. So they went with this route instead, random acts of kindness. And she wrote, everyone wrote their act on a postcard and we have them saved for when he's older. It was a really sweet way to honor him. And I'm glad we opted for no gifts. So I thought that was a really sweet idea because yeah, people, I mean, they're still little people love to bring them all kinds of little goodies and stuff, but it can be a little overwhelming, especially if you do have a big family or a big network of friends, then you've got this influx of toys and books and all kinds of stuff. And my goodness, what to do with all of it. So I think that that is such a sweet alternative if you wanted to take that path. And it also takes the pressure off of that little one-year-old. Yes. Because I think that's something else that more and more people are kind of cluing into. But this is a tiny little toddler, barely yet, you know, and so when they have possibly something like they don't nap that day, when you put all this kind of pressure on them, like to be the star of this show, because it's about them, even though they're only one, that is a recipe for disaster. And we've all yes. been there or have seen that, you know, when the birthday child is like, I don't, I don't want to eat this cake and I'm tired and yes. I miss my nap. And you're like, it's your party. I'm throwing this for you. You will have fun. You know, <laughs> like as you're smiling through your gritted teeth. So to being able to just acknowledge that this is more about me than them. Of course you want them to be there, but like I have put my own kid, the birthday star down for a nap in the middle of their party. <laughs> No, especially when they're really little, just to say, hey, just let's be realistic here. Right. This is no fun for anybody, especially them. And it's their birthday. So we're going to just take a little time out um, so that they don't have to feel like they're on all the time. So even the presence, like having that really sweet idea, I think that even helps to acknowledge that this is as much about your community 
Yes. As it is about that one child. So true. So let's talk about some of the parties that we've thrown after the first birthday party. I know there's some families, I was reading a blog post a while back, um, a mom wrote that she, across the board, does not host birthday parties in her home. They're just, they're out of the house and that is her personal preference. No birthday parties at home. Then you have on the other end of the spectrum, people who are all, you know, they always want to have the birthday parties in their home. And then there's, you know, there's all kinds of alternatives in between. So I would love to hear from the parties that you have thrown for your kids, Kelly. What have been some of the best at-home ones and what have been some memorable out-of-the-house ones? Well, we have done more at-home parties than we have out-of-the-house parties, although that's changing the older they get, of course. Um, So when they were little, I would say my very favorite birthday party that I've ever thrown. And maybe I'll just back up real quick and say kind of my philosophy of birthday parties is I love to throw parties. Like it's fun. And for years we didn't have family. So we didn't have like a lot of people that were going to descend on us in a good way, you know, for that child's birthday and make a big deal out of them. It was just our immediate family. So that's why I started to say, I will definitely throw a birthday party for each child each year because it makes them feel special. It makes their day more than just here's some cake. So I have thrown, like you said at the beginning, you know, with four kids and now the oldest being 14, you know, close to 40 different birthday parties over the years. So probably my favorite one was just a few years ago I did for my son. He wanted to do a spy birthday party. Oh, fun. You know, all the spy gear that's out there and that sort of thing. So we kind of went with that. And then, you know, Google, the Google Google. is wonderful for things (laughs) like this. So I went online and, of course, Pinterest and started to get some ideas. And so what we did is we made clues that this group of boys, because we were inviting, I think it was around his 10, 10 birthday, nine, somewhere around there. We had over, we never do more than like 10 because, you know, it just gets crazy. Yes. So I think we had maybe eight or nine boys coming, but I was like, oh my word, his birthday is this month. It's in October. So we've got to get out of the house. So we made like a treasure hunt for them. We, um, bought a little fedora and like those silly uh, glasses that have the mustache and like the disguise thing. I took pictures of the boys and they came in and then we printed out little ID cards that they got at the end. So we had clues that were in, it's one of the fonts, the wing, what is it? Wing bats. Yes. So I used that and then I made them like a little card that they could cipher the clues and we split them up into teams. So they had a treasure hunt to find the cupcakes which were cupcakes that I made. And then I, on Amazon, got black fondant. Uh-huh, font, fondant. I don't know how to uh-huh. say that word very yes. well. You know, I cut out circles and slapped those on top of the cupcakes and used red licorice for like a little fuse. Oh so they looked like, goodness. so that we were like, you have to find the cupcakes before they explode. Right. And then my husband set up outside a few little testing stations. So we had a war with noodles, pool noodles, like, you know, jousting and, right. and sword fighting. And we had a some Nerf guns that they had to shoot army men down. You know, so we did all these things to keep them active. And it was such a fun party. And I actually, on my blog, when I did the 31 days of birthdays, I took my best parties for that 31 days. And each day, not all the days, but they're kind of a different party that I throw in a different theme. So like I have, if people are interested in this party, on my blog, the printables for like the clues and, and the ID card and all of that sort of thing. Yes. And so I'm like, well, I got it. Might as well throw it up on the internet for repay the Google. That's right. <laughs> so that was probably my favorite. But I will also say that one I did for my daughter was a um, faux sleepover. Oh, yes. 
So that was fun because, you know, they get to girls get to that age about eight or nine. And they're like, I want to have a sleepover. And I will tell you right now, sleepovers, oh I think gosh. with any group of children, but especially girls, I just wasn't ready to go there. We lived in a little townhouse at the time. You know, she had all these younger siblings that needed to sleep. And then I was like, yeah, no, I don't think we can do sleepover, but we'll do a pretend sleepover. Right. So yes. we had a faux sleepover slash stuffed animal party. The girls came in the evening in their pajamas. They brought their sleeping bags. We did some little crafts. We had dinner and cake. And then we watched a movie and their parents picked them up at like 10 or 1030. So it was late, but then we did. We all got a good night's sleep. Everyone got to go to bed in their yeah. own beds. Yes. Yes. And so that was a pretty simple party and the the buzz around it. Like they really had fun with that. They all brought their own stuffed animals. We tied little blankets out of fleece, you know, the little tie blanket oh, that yes. you could make. So we gave every girl like a small blanket that they could make for their stuffed animal. Like it was it was um easy yes. and yet really fun for the kids and my daughter loved it. I bet. I bet that's a great compromise. My girls are constantly begging for sleepovers. I'm just yes. I mean Oh, they're not my favorite. Not at they're all. Not they're not mine either. I, I understand the lore of them, but yeah, it's it hard is. on moms and dads. It is. It is. Well, I have to tell you, as we're talking about this, I was thinking about, we almost always do parties at home, but one year when we did the town we lived in before Oklahoma City, Daisy really, really wanted to have her birthday again in January, uh, like you are a wintertime birthday. She really wanted to have her birthday party at Pizza Hut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was one of the one of the popular places for her classmates to have yeah. parties. And I was just like, really? <laughs> a Pizza Hut birthday party? Okay. But I have to say, Pizza Hut makes it extremely easy to have a yeah. party there. They have uh, there the one in this town that we lived in had a little party room. You just show up, you order your drinks and pizza. The kids, of course, she invited classmates, boys and girls, and they just sat there and chitter-chattered with each other. And you know, I think she was in first grade when we did this. And um, so I didn't even really do any like party games or anything. They just played and talked. And then they brought out the pizzas and everyone ate. And then I think they did allow us to bring in our own cake, I feel like. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we could do that. And then she opened presents and that was it. And then we loaded up the presents and we walked out. Out, and that was the party. <laughs> I know. And that is the real, real incentive. It really because is. Because it's a little bit more expensive, but really it's so much saving on all of the work that you yes. have to put into and the cleanup. And especially if you're inviting 10 kids or more, right? all of that energy has a place to go. Yes. I remember back when I did my series, you know, really businesses have gotten clued in to this huge marketing area of kids' birthdays. Yes, I did absolutely. some research on like what different places offer birthday parties these days. And I my brain was kind of blown because almost any place you go that has something to do with kids will do a birthday party for you. It's so, so true. We last year we did one at um Kieran's karate studio. That was his party. Oh, fun. So they did it there. They run a class for the kids. It's like ninja. You can bring in your food. They have a table over to the side. Bada bing, bada boom. The kids go home. Dance studios will do them. Of you know, they'll do hip hop dance. They'll do ballet. Indoor water parks. We did that with Natalie one time. Like just at a community center. But you know, then they get to swim. Even the craft 
stores like Joann's and Michael's will do birthday parties these days. You know, in a back room, they'll have a craft for the kids to do. It's amazing. Movie theaters, um, trampoline parks. Oh, my word. We've done that before with the boys. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to go bounce for two hours. It's super easy. You can bring a cake. American Girl stores, amusement parks, paint and ceramics. Railroad stations will sometimes have them. Whole Foods does them oh, for wow. kids' cooking parties. You know, I mean, children's museums, science museums, tea houses. It's, it's crazy. If you are willing to shell out a little extra money to go that route, it is so much easier. It takes so much work off your plate. And it's really fun for the kids. And I think it fulfills one of the biggest things that we often miss out on in birthday parties as parents, which is being present. Oh, yes. You yes. know, when I've, I, I've gotten better, but for sure in those early days, I loved to throw the parties, but I also loved to try to do all the work like 24 hours worth of work in the last two hours, right? you know? So by the time people are coming over, I'm sweating and red faced yes. and I'm a little annoyed with the birthday child. Would you just get out of my way? I'm trying to throw you a party. Yes. You know, so I was often not present at the same party that I was enjoying throwing on one level. So going out sometimes, which we did a lot when we had babies, our kids, we've, we have gone to Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Oh, yes, we have. <laughs> and it was absolutely amazing. I will tell you. Now, our Chuck E. Cheese is in Minnesota. They are very clean. So I will say that. <laughs> and I like to tell people that I'm going to rat du fromage because it sounds better. It just sounds better. But they do an amazing birthday party. And there are years that that was completely appropriate, super fun. And I enjoyed it. Because I got to be there for the birthday party instead of running around and trying to manage things in the kitchen and clean up things and deal with that spill. Yes, I agree so much. Our, um, for Dicey's last birthday, we did it at Michael's. They were fantastic. And the girls all got to do a little craft. The people were so helpful. And like you said, I mean, I got to actually, the, the ladies at Michael's did almost everything. So I got to just sit and visit and help all the little girls that were there with their little crafts. And it was brilliant. And Michael's is extremely reasonable. I don't know about the other craft stores, but their parties were, I mean, we're, we have a pretty tight budget when it comes to birthday parties. So I'm always on the lookout for something that is reasonable. And I thought that for everything that we got at Michael's, it was such a good party. So to go back to the idea of at-home parties, though, one party that was my favorite was, again, with Daisy. let me assure everybody, AJ has fantastic parties, too. I feel like I'm, like, only talking <laughs> yeah. about Daisy's parties. I know. It's just the way it goes. I know. One, okay, I will say one favorite party with AJ was... She, we did this sort of faux sleepover thing too, but she wanted to have a dance party. So I got a ton of those uh, light up bracelets and necklaces. I think I got them from Oriental Trading or something. I mean, we got a ton of them. Uh -huh. um, she wanted for her birthday for the Xbox Just Dance, whatever mm -hmm. year it was. So uh, her friends came over, just some neighborhood friends. We did like pizza and some other little, you know, silly party games. And then once it got dark, we. Uh, broke out those glow-in-the-dark bracelets and necklaces, put them on, turned on Just Dance, and they danced and partied. And since they were neighborhood kids, they stayed until like 9 or 9.30. And then, like you said, everybody got to go home, and it was so much fun. So that was one of our favorite AJ parties. So she has great parties, too, let me assure yeah. you. <laughs> the thing about AJ is she likes to plan the whole thing. Like She is okay. the director of the party. <laughs> 
Daisy is not so much, but she likes to collaborate. She doesn't want to plan the whole thing, but she likes to kind of give the ideas. And so when she turned five, she wanted to have a Redbird party. And this was actually the one that I posted about for your 31 days of birthdays. Yep. Uh, she wanted to have a Redbird party and I could not dissuade her from that. I was like, what do you mean a Redbird party? But we just went with it. Yeah. And so she helped me cut out um, out of red felt, some red birds, and we made red bird garlands and hung them all through the house. We had, I had bought the CD, Elizabeth Mitchell's You Are My Little Bird, which is one of my favorite CDs. I just like to listen to it even when there are no kids around, but it's a great yeah. kids' music CD. Of course, we, were you in the corner like crying the whole birthday party? Because it's so sweet. <laughs> it's so sweet. It's so sweet. So we had that playing in the background. When her little friends came in, they made bird masks um, and, um, I think we did bookmarks maybe, or maybe that was a different party. Now I can't remember. But one thing that we did at that party that I loved, well, two things actually, instead of everybody bringing gifts, we did a book exchange for that party. So everybody brought a wrapped book as the gift. And then we did an exchange. So everybody brought a book and everybody went home with a book. And I was so thankful for that. Really helps to cut down on the stuff around the house after a birthday party. And then one of the crafts that we did was we made pine cone bird feeders, which is where you just get pine cones, which we had a plethora of in the backyard. You put peanut butter on them and then cover them in bird seeds. So we did those and I put those in little brown paper bags for them to take home with them. And the book and their pine cone uh, bird feeder, those were their party gifts, their goodie bags. So right. I didn't have to feel like I had to buy a bunch of junk for a goodie bag because they had real things that they could take home with them. And that right. that was actually one of the better ideas that we've had together, Daisy and I, for birthday stuff. So speaking of the goodie bag, Kelly, yes. oh my gosh, I have seen people get really passionate about this topic. I was going to say, when I was writing my 31 days of birthdays, I put it on my Facebook page, like a poll. How do you feel about goodie bags? There was 0% of people that said, ah, take them or leave them. I don't care. Like everybody had an opinion. <laughs> yes. One way or the other. The very vocal majority was, I hate goodie bags. They're of the devil. Hate them. Yes. Hate them. And then there were a few people who said, oh, I think they're kind of fun. And- I would say, I went back last night. Do you ever read your blog and go, oh, I remember that. <laughs> yes, I, don't, I, do, I didn't remember writing this. Yes. But now that I read this, I'm like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Um, <laughs> when my kids were little and goodie bags, you know, were a thing. And they would come out of the party. And again, this is like, you know, three and four. And they had, you know, the little stupid sunglasses and stickers and bubbles. And you're like, oh, it's so sweet. You know, and they play with the bubbles. And then, like, the next party, the bubbles spill in the car and they put the stickers on their brother. And then, like, three or four parties later, there is no goodie bag and they leave and they're throwing a fit. Yes. I didn't get anything. Yes. This is a stupid party. Oh and you're gosh. like, are you kidding me? Right. Are you kidding me? So I have gone like back and forth on the whole goodie bags. So I'm curious, I can tell you, but I want to know where, like, where do you stand on this very important issue that they did not ask yet at any presidential debate? I mean, but obviously, come on. It's a burning this is question. It's a burning question. I do not do goodie bags anymore that are just random stuff from the party aisle. We do not do those anymore because 
I mean, in the grand scheme of the party, this is really is stuff that kids just pitch after a day or two. And that's what my kids do with it, too. So we have tried to focus more on things that are actually like related to the party. So um, for a Minecraft party, I ordered from Etsy like some Minecraft stickers that they could take with them. They were super cheap and the kids felt like, oh, I get to take a little something. And it was related to the party, you know, like with Eliza's um, dance party. All of the girls got to go home with a ton of bracelets and necklaces that glow in the dark and they're dead a day later and you pitch them and you don't have to worry about it anymore. So I've tried to do ones that are not just like random stuff just for the sake of having a goodie bag, but a little something that is maybe a little token from the party. I think more parents are kind of doing more of like a make and take kind of approach to that. So like decorate a cookie or decorate a cupcake at the party and that's what you get to take with you. I've seen that happening more and more, which I think is a great trend. And I hope we, if we want to have our little guests leaving with a token of appreciation that we are moving more in that direction. Right. And that's exactly where I have landed too. I mean, when my kids were little, and we didn't even have a party store near us. We lived in a really small town at the time. So I did all of our birthday stuff from Birthday in a Box. It was a catalog yes. and a website. Yes. Not all that dissimilar from, you know, Birthday Express, anything that you would go to now. And I was so sucked in by all their little, and then for $3 more per guest, you can get, you know, the ice cream cone straw and the glasses and playing cards in the shape of flip-flops, you know, and I was like, oh, it's so cute, it's so cute, and I would order it, and now I'm kind of mildly horrified because of where I am now, I think that that whole practical, if there's something that makes sense for them to take, then absolutely, that like your red bird, I remember reading that, I thought, that is so perfect, the little bird feeder, right. you know, stuff that they made, I think you did make bookmarks, you know, so like for our spy party, we sent the boys home with their spy card with their picture on it. We like laminated it by putting it between contact paper. Right. You know? Yes. Um, we had and a squirt gun because we let them battle it out with squirt guns at one point too. You know, so if you can give them something that they can use or is practical or something you made, we have done a party where we did like an art party. So we decorated things or we did a cooking party where we did um, cupcakes, you know, and then we sent them home. That makes sense. And I love it when it's a consumable. Right. You know, when it's not just something that you have to hold on to. So, yes. you know, your your bird seed thing, you hang in a tree and then it's done. Or the right. bracelets, the glow-in-the-dark bracelets, it's there and then it's done. So I don't think that they are evil, but I think you just have to give them a little thought and not – I would not think that anybody really advocates anymore the dollar store, party city, you know, where you just go and get all the random stuff just because it's cute. I think we're all beyond that now. And I, I say so. Hallelujah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I do hope so. Yes. So as you think back over these years of throwing birthday parties, are there any that stand out that turned out to be a little bit of a disaster or that you had any regrets looking back? Like, I can't believe we did that. We should have done this. Anything like that? I don't have any. I mean, as I said before, I think my biggest overall regret is just not being present at always trying to do more at the last minute than I should. Um, so that I was not a happy mommy <laughs> when I was throwing that birthday party, even though I had done this to myself, you know, and I wasn't angry or a martyr about it, but I just, I had put too much off. So for sure I have learned, and I think this is a great lesson of birthday parties or really it doesn't even have to be for kids, any birthday party you do. And it goes back to the lesson that Laura talked about in the hospitality episode, which is major in your majors, 
what do you really like to do? I really like to bake, so I really like to make my kids cakes. It's not because I'm a great decorator or anything. It's just what I like to do. But I'm really bad at decorating. So I just don't. Like I, I used to try to, oh, I should do something. But it would stress me out and add more work to my to-do list and take away the joy. So now I've grown up a little bit and I said, wait, this is what I do well. This is what brings me joy. And the rest of the stuff, I'm either going to have somebody else do it, bring the food, order the food, get some decorations, blow it off, whatever it might be. And be present at the party because I, I look back and I think there are too many years that I was scattered um, during the party itself. But I will say probably, and this one has become kind of infamous in my family, and it is again because I was to some degree trying to do too much at the last minute. When Connor turned to, and he's my second, we lived in the country in this small town and we had a farm right across the street from us across the dirt road. <laughs> and it was um, kind of a hobby farm at this point. It was grandparents that were there and we knew them. And they said we could bring our party guests over to see their horse and go in their, you know, they had like one of those old barns that has like every piece of machinery oh, wow. that's ever been made, you know, like where it's just like, and it's all like, okay, don't touch anything because I don't know how much germs, you know, but it's like a real, you know, there were kittens running everywhere. So we thought, well, that's great. We'll have a farm birthday. And so I looked up, again, the Google. I found on Back Then It Was Family Fun today, the, the website's called Spoonful. It's run by Disney. A cow birthday cake. Yeah. And all you had to do was, like, bake your cake in different shapes. Like, make a couple cupcakes for feet and make a round cake for the body. And then you bake part of your cake in a bowl to make a rounded top. Uh -huh. And it was so cute. And I was like, well... I can do that. <laughs> right? So the right. day before the party, which was on a Saturday, I baked all of my cakes. The next morning, Connor and Natalie got up before us, which was typical, and watched TV. And I should have seen this coming. I had left all the cakes out on the counter, oh, cooling. No. Yeah. I got up, you know, whatever time, 9 a.m., and the cakes were all eaten and smashed. <laughs> I have a picture of a little two-year-old Connor standing on the counter in his little pajamas with chocolate all over his face. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to no. take a picture of this because otherwise I'm going to cry. Yes. You know? So, but then instead of giving up, I was like, I'm going to make these cakes again. Oh, dang it. I'm going to make these cakes. Like if I was smart, I would have at that point said, this is a disaster. I have too much to do already. Go to the Walmart. Get the cake, the end. But I did it. Right. I like tried to remake make the cake. I didn't want to make like white buttercream. So then I thought I'm going to make this marshmallowy frosting. But now I can't put spots on the cake. So now I'm going to use chocolate sprinkles. So I basically ended up with not a cow cake, but a cake that was mounted with some sort of an icing that looked like it had ants crawling all over it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not a cow. You know, I mean, nobody cared. That's right, the thing. Like, exactly. I was kind of mortified. Like, happy birthday. And people are like, oh, what is it? <laughs> I'm like, it's a cow. Don't you see those bats? <laughs> and they're like, oh, I thought those were ants. They're not real, right? You know, I mean, it was horrible. But it kind of goes back to that same lesson of knowing, like, okay, that was my thing. I do like to cook. But yet knowing when to say when and to back away. Yes. So that was kind of our biggest disaster that's become funny now. We're like, don't make a cow cake. Don't make, make the cow cake. Don't make the cow cake. <laughs> Just surrender to the store-bought cake. Sometimes you have to do it. I don't like to – I mean, I like to bake. It's fine. I, and I do like to make a chocolate cake. But in terms of an elaborate – 
like themed cake, that is not my thing. And so we have done a number of store-bought cakes through the years and somehow it always gets eaten. It does. <laughs> and they don't even care. They don't care. They don't. Nope. So I have let that one go off of my list. Okay. Well, let's think about, let's kind of transition away from throwing parties from our kids for our kids and think about celebrating birthdays as grown-ups and how that changes as you move into adulthood. Like I said, I celebrated my 21st birthday when we were on our honeymoon in uh, Padre Island. That birthday is pretty hard to top. (laughs) But then once you move into adulthood and you start your career, you start your family, whatever that looks like, birthdays are a little bit different thing. And that takes some getting used to the challenges of celebrating when you're a grown-up because you're in the midst of being an adult. You're adulting all over the place. And sometimes that does not always involve uh, making room for a birthday party for yourself or for your spouse. And then two, a big part of it, I think, is the whole love language dynamic. Some people that the whole thing of gifts and celebration. That's totally their thing. That's what they want and crave, but that's also how they show love and affection for the people around them. And for some people, and I think by the time you're an adult, you can kind of fully embrace that. Like that's not your thing that comes naturally to you. So sometimes that can lead to relationship strain um, as we move into this season of life. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. How do we navigate these things and what do we do with our our own expectations for our own birthdays or the birthdays of the other people in our lives. Yeah. And it is fraught with peril. I think knowing yourself, know thyself is a huge part of this because I don't know, it seems like in recent years, I know more and more adult friends, whether they're married or not, who just say, you know what, dang it, I want a party. I'm going to throw myself a party. That's right. Yes. Because they recognize that maybe the other people in their life don't have time, don't see the need, don't speak the same love language. So instead of sitting around and feeling bad for yourself because you didn't get that birthday party that you really want again, they go, dang it, I'm just going to embrace my own self and say, I'm going to throw a party. And I love that. I thought, what a great thing to be able to do because I don't know that many people don't like to celebrate. Right. Yes. You know, people will come to your party, even if it's one you're throwing yourself and say, I'm so happy that you are here on this planet. I'm so happy that you are my friend or you are in my family. Let's have cake and celebrate you. I mean, that's not a bad thing. So we may wish that other people would do it for us, especially those closest to us. Sometimes we think, oh, if they knew me, they would do this because they should know this is what I want. Right. But I think that really the healthiest thing, the most adulting thing, is to be able to get over that and say, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. If this is what I want to do, I'm going to do it. Yes, yes. I think sometimes, and I don't know how many marriages are like this, but I know of several where you know, opposites do attract. And you have one person who loves a party and wants to have a party for themselves and throw the party. And then the other person is like, I'm going to pass on the party thing. For example, Kyle turned 40 over the summer and I begged and pleaded and cajoled and tried to figure out like, you really don't want to have a party. You're turning 40. This is huge. And he's like, no, I really, I would like to have a steak dinner at home with you. And that's it. (laughs) And I I was like, 
sitting on my hands because, oh my goodness, I think that those milestone parties, you got to have a big thing when you're turning a milestone birthday. But I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to honor that. I'm going to not turn this into some kind of big ordeal that if that's what you're saying you want, then that's what we'll do. But I, on the other hand, would love a party every single year. But I do remember, um, and this kind of goes back to figuring out how to make it happen for yourself. When I turned 30, when we lived in Texas, um, and I had this close circle of girlfriends that I've referenced often, uh, there were two of us within one week who were turning 30. And so all of our friends got together and took us out to dinner to have a sort of joint 30th birthday party. And we uh, went out to eat and we just talked and laughed. And I felt so celebrated and so happy to share my birthday 30th birthday party with this friend of mine. And um, it was fantastic. And so sometimes, you know, even if in the marriage, one person wants a party, one person doesn't, maybe sometimes the group of friends can kind of swoop in and say, we're going to do a thing. We have done this in years past in my neighborhood where there's like, we have clumps of birthdays, like there'll be like three spring birthdays and, you know, like four summer birthdays. And so we'll pick a night and have a girl's night out for the birthdays that were, you know, recent, not necessarily on one person's birthday, but let's go out for the spring birthdays and do that. So sometimes it's more a matter of your girlfriends or maybe it's your small group at church or your book club. I mean, there's all different ways that you can do birthdays that are a little bit more, you know, outside of the box for when you're a grown up. You just reminded me that on one of my birthdays when I was in San Diego and Corey and I were married, but we didn't have kids and I was at the TV station working really weird hours. So I would go to work kind of second shift. I would go to work at like 1.30 or 2 and then get home around midnight. And I had a group of friends on my birthday, because Corey was working, you know, during the day, he worked normal hours, who swooped in on my birthday and just brought tea to my house. So like a little tea party, and they made food, and they came and made much of me. And it was so sweet. Yes. Um, and it wasn't something I did myself necessarily, but they knew that that was something that I would want, and I wasn't able to go out for dinner. Right. You know, to, it's kind of some of the typical things. And it was, it was very, very sweet. And I think knowing the people in your life, their love language, like what speaks to them is key, which this is actually a good question. What do you think about surprise birthday parties for adults? I think you really have to know the person. Again, Mm -hmm. like if I threw a surprise party for Kyle, he would like never forgive me. (laughs) He would be horrified and not happy. I mean, I'm he, would, he would enjoy it. He's not going to like yeah. walk out of the party. He wouldn't walk out. I can't. Yeah. But, he but would I know be what you're like, saying. He'd be like, why did you do this? But yeah. for me, I would love a surprise <laughs> party. So I think you have to know the person and know how they're going to receive it. Because I think some people, definitely there are people who do not like to be the center of attention and who would feel you know, uncomfortable with that surprise happening. So it's a fine line, I think, sometimes when you're planning a surprise, if it's if it's something yep. that and, they would really enjoy or not. Yep, I agree. And even knowing, and this is silly, but knowing what the person wants from year to year, that can change. Or even, like I said, my birthday's in the winter. I live back in Minnesota now. January birthdays in San Diego were awesome. Oh, I bet. Because it was it was green and the wildflowers were blooming and it was like 70 where the rest of the country wasn't. That was the place to have a January birthday. But now that we're back here, Corey and I have been married for 20 plus years. And so we're finally cluing in to each other. We have mangled each other's birthdays for years, imposing what the other would want right. on the birthday. 
or even saying, well, you must want this, right? Because you're an introvert or you're an extrovert or you're whatever the label you want to put on the person. So I've gotten to the point where he has said, I want to do something for your birthday for you because I know that you would like to have something done. And I said, you know what, though? At the stage of parenting I'm at and the fact that it's January and it's dark, the sun sets at like 3.30, I hate to go out in the dark and the cold. I don't know, psychologically it bothers me. So I had, I was able to say to him, you know, I would actually really rather just stay home, make a good meal, make my own birthday cake because, again, I like to bake. And so I get to make something that I like. Yeah. So my actual favorite birthday cake is like a white cake. It's got lemon curd in the middle. It has this kind of marshmallowy frosting and coconut on top. The recipe's on my blog. It's amazing. Um, so that's what we've done the last few years is I've just stayed home because he was able to hear me. And likewise, like what you're saying, when I'm saying to him, this is a big birthday. Do you want to do something? And he's saying, I just want to have dinner with the family. Yeah. I'm able to hear him yes. and say, surely that's not all you want. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, it's a huge sort of thing to be able to honor each other's birthdays in the way that we want to be celebrated that particular year. Yes. Yes. So good. Well, and I think that's a great philosophy, really, whether you're planning a party for a child, um, for your spouse, for just somebody in your life that you love, for a close friend or whoever, to just really be thoughtful and mindful of what it is that would make them feel the most celebrated. I think all of us just love to be celebrated on our day. So I think that is such a great great overriding philosophy for all of this. So um, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up, Kelly. But before we do, please remind everybody where we can find you. Well, I'm at Kelly at Lovewell on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook.com slash Lovewell blog. And I will absolutely put a link in the show notes to Kelly's 31 Days of Birthday series because there were some really cute, really fun, creative ideas in that series. So if you're needing a little inspiration, you can just tuck that away that she has oodles and oodles of inspiration in that series. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find all of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. And you can find the show on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. Thanks so much for joining us today at Sorta Awesome. Show notes for this and every episode are available at sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com. You can also sign up for the show's newsletter, which includes extra tidbits of awesome by going to tinyletter.com slash sorta awesome. Do you have feedback about this show or a question you want us to answer? Maybe you just want to say hi. You can email me at any time at sortaawesomemegan at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, it would be so totally awesome if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I have to give a shout out to the band Prager for allowing us to use the song Strut for our in and out music. To find out more about Prager's nasty beats and pretty chords, go to pragermusic.com. And I'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.